0: Exactly does it mean to share your hotness? We all have our own unique spark. We are burning out of control like a wildfire, attracting attention, but is it the right kind of attention? All around us are people who are campfires. They don't get as much attention, but their story, their signature spark, their heat that attracts us close to them, those stories need to be shared. On this podcast, We're sharing their stories, their stories of resilience, overcoming, how to find joy, happiness, everyday people who found their spark and made their life amazing. Hello and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Brie. And you, Brie, say your last name. Irvin. Irvin. Okay. Cause you just had Brie on Zoom and I was like, Oh, oh no. And we know each other cause our kids went to middle school together. Um, and I won't out the school even though you can find that information nowadays, but it's good like stranger danger, I guess, which I don't know. I think that's kind of a bunch of crap because strangers are typically pretty nice. It's your, your creepy aunt. You got to worry about, you know, or uncle and I threw out aunt. So anyway, but that's not what we're talking about today, everyone. So don't worry. Don't be like, Oh no, another podcast from Lita about sexual abuse recovery, which is a pet top topic of mine, but Brie has to consented to come on and talk about perspective. So Brie, Take it away.
1: Um, so, like Miss Lita said, my name is Bree. Um, little quick fun background is I'm originally from Ohio, OH, um, and I'm the oldest of nine kids. That's Whoa, a story. nine pro- yeah. kids! Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of us. <laughs> Are you all um, still close? Uh, well, we don't have the same moms, okay. so we're as close as we can be. Um, but
0: yeah, there's a story. I think we're uh, getting, yeah. we getting into there's, that story. Or are we? We're skipping over that. Story?
1: Um, <laughs> you know, that story plays a big part.
0: Okay. In okay. Why
1: perspective is <laughs> like my thing. Um, but yeah, I'm. My parents moved me from Arizona, or from Ohio to Arizona, and then me. I met my husband. We fell in love, fairy tale. Then we moved to salt lake city to help plant a non-denominational church that was 10 years ago the church had its 10th birthday in february happy birthday
0: very good and that's a big deal when you have a small church in Mm -hmm. a community that's not the dominant religion of that community so that's a huge success obviously you're providing a great resource to people
1: yeah i kind of love it there so
0: Perfect. I'm, I'm glad it has been your life for 10 years. You're like, I kind of like it. You know, it works. You're going to have a job, have a job. What are your responsibilities at the church? Because are you the pastor as well, or is your husband the pastor? Um, no. So our friends
1: are the pastors of the church. Um, and my husband is a drummer. So, you know, that's what he's doing, but he's, He's a mentor to not just the other drummers, but in general, just mm-hmm. um, he's he's more of an adult, and I'm just a grown up. So,
0: <laughs> wait, wait, what's the difference between an adult and a grown up? Um, a grown up has
1: the age, but an adult actually does the responsible things. So I'm just a grown up.
0: Okay, okay, mm-hmm. got it. Okay, so grown up, responsible things, adult. Age. no other way around. Got backwards yes okay adults so adult
1: responsible things.
0: okay because i have a phrase that says adults buy take responsibility for their own stuff which depending on my mood i might throw in a poopy word you know <laughs> depending if i'm irritated with an adult that is not taking responsibility for their own stuff mm-hmm. and they buy their own things they, you know, buy, pay their own bills. Like if you are living with your mama, you're not an adult. If you are 70, living with your daughter and grumping that you're not getting enough privileges, not an adult. Right? <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. And so I had to explain this to my kids a lot <laughs> because their grandparents lived here and didn't do either of those things. So they'd be like, well, that means that I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That's it.
0: So I think I overdid it because my son is determined to not take a penny from us when he first moved out. And we're like, oh, buddy, buddy, so sorry. You you get to, you get to ease into it. You get to like, there's like a phase process. And even though your father and I didn't get that, you know, like we were like, you're out, right? Yes. You, you get that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You probably didn't get that either. You just got the, you're dumped on your head. Go be an adult right um i mean so
1: with it even just being perspective it's just being the oldest of nine kids like i was the i'm the first of my parents like my parents are firstborns i'm their firstborn i'm the first of their children the great niece the regular neat, like the, the you're the greatest of, of all I, you're the, you're I
0: the agree. Goat. yeah yes The, the, the I, can't, I, mean, I can't spell goat right now um uh, it's a really hard word it has four letters um so uh when you were wanting to move out they were probably like no because you were doing so much help raising your younger siblings
1: um yes like I wanted to go to school out of state um, and my dad was like, absolutely not. If something happens to you, we need to be able to get to you. And I was yeah, like. If something
0: happens to you or us, we need, we need you to get yeah. things.
1: I think it was the other way around. And I was <laughs> so, like, irritated with that. Because I had my whole life planned out. Here he comes being my dad telling me I can't move across the country. Like, how dare he care about my well-being?
0: <laughs> um, That's so rude. So rude. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, I ended up going, I did move out. I ended up going to ASU, which was like 20 minutes from where I lived. Mm-hmm. But that was still enough for me, like, to understand like, oh, this is a little bit different than at home. Um, I have to take my own trash out and this is stupid. And, you know, going home on the weekends with my brothers being home it was just chaos all the time because my mom um worked and my dad was uh, unavailable and
0: can I pry into the unavailable or um,
1: so my dad at one point was in prison so we said he was on he went to the office oh so yeah, so my dad was at the office.
0: <laughs> Got it. He's at the office and for hours and days. Yes. It's, a dedicated it's a hard very, worker. Yeah. Very long business trip. Yeah. Yeah, a really long business trip. <laughs> wow, That that's a hard... That's hard. Cause that's a secret that obviously as a kid, you don't want to be like, yeah, my dad's in prison. Because, you know, kids are going to be kids. and. Well, we,
1: I was in high school and so were my brothers. So it was... I want to say less of a big deal because we were very upset. Like it just changed the dynamic in our household. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like my dad went to the office. I moved out and went to college. Um, it's just my mom, my two brothers. Um, my aunt moved down here with her two kids. So it was
0: Eleven, a lot of 11 kids in one house.
1: No, no, no. So because we have different
0: Oh, different moms. Parents. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay.
1: So that was hard because there wasn't a male figure in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, my brothers would do chores and all of that fun stuff, but they—they were not the, the same. And they don't do but, it.
0: And, you know, we need both. The ideal yes. is that we have that feminine and that masculine. And, mm-hmm. you know, in my family, we fit that stereotype. Like my son's a mama's boy and my daughter's a daddy's girl, you know, it's like, yep. you know, and we share Caitlin, my daughter that passed away. We share her, you know, she, she's a, she's the only one that's been able to see to balance that, you know, yes. <laughs> but, like, it there's is more, right? and, um, this is something I like sharing a lot. Um, a story about some, the, a pedophile or pornography ring, um, saying, how do they get their recruits? How do they get their girls? And they find a girl with confidence issues and daddy issues. And if mm-hmm. she's got daddy issues, the man snapped his finger and said, that's a recruit. And so how important is it that our girls have strong men in their lives? Mm. Mm. Right. Very. So important and strong women, you know, that love and nurture as well. You know, we need, we need both. And I'm not yeah. saying that two men can't do that or two women can't do that, but. Um, I don't know if you uh, ever listened to Dave Rubin. He's uh, a gay man that's um, had by surrogacy two kids, and he's like, okay. I have made an intention to have my um, my mom and an aunt and a sister close by so they can be really involved in our children's lives. You know? Yeah. So you know, you agree or not agree with that? It even he is like, we've got two men in this house. One's more mm-hmm. nurturing than the other, but we still need women. Yeah, there's just something. We need community and we need families to be strong. Yes. Preach um, it, right? Because I'm talking yeah, about, I mean, churchgoer here. You know, you're not doing yeah, like, I, no, families aren't important.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was born into a family and then I have the absolute opportunity to make my own. And I have love doing that um but you know it's like again like my mom is a very strong woman and um you know when people's like I'm a strong black woman like I literally think of my mom and my grandma my grandmas and my aunts because sometimes you just have to hold down the fort and Although my dad uh was at the office, he called several times. Like he sorry, just- I Google.
0: I'm like <laughs> Yes, no. <laughs> we
1: had to like hide that from my little cousin. So she's like,
0: Is you know, Uncle at the
1: office? And we'd be like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's gonna yeah. call in a little bit, yeah. So but he but- was
0: trying to be involved still, even from the office. Oh. oh See yeah, how I'm absolutely. slipping in here for family mm-hmm. respect. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he. it was almost like he was never gone, you know, because, you know.
0: That's, that's was, amazing that he yeah. made that
1: effort. Uh, and it's weird because, like, it was just normal. It was just how we did life. And I did not realize that
0: that's not always the case. And, well, yeah. I mean, I've seen movies. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> TV told me it's not always the case.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: And, but it was just interesting to see like step back as an adult with a husband and kids to see that that was not easy for my parents not that I ever thought that it was and to recognize how hard that was on us Mm -hmm. not just my dad and not just my mom um so I try to make it a point to um look try to look at it from the other person's point of view
0: yeah, that's that's a principle of grace right there. There is a family I knew in D.C. when I lived there, and he was at the office, you know. <laughs> and um, when he got out of the office, he, you know, got out of prison. He was like, "Life's hard. This is hard. I don't." Mm-hmm. And so he committed a petty crime that would be enough to get him back, you know. Especially since he was on parole. And it always kind of struck me how you know the inner city life of D.C yeah, it was hard, but that he couldn't be there for his wife and two kids and church filled the gap. That's how we became really good friends. You know, I became really good friends with her and how abandoned she felt because he wasn't making an effort. You know, he like consciously chose. I would rather be comfortable in a bed with three meals and get to work out in the gym and be entertained. And, you know, yeah, I'm in prison, but I'd rather do that than do life.
1: Um, and I feel like my dad had the exact opposite. Obviously. He was like yeah. itching to, he didn't want to, so my brothers played football. Um, I did not play football, but I was smart. So I kept them eligible to play football. Um, so <laughs> they're not <laughs> dumb. They're just lazy. Um,
0: uh-huh. So You've been being my, an adult for a long time.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, And I just, just recently I found this thing that was like, the oldest daughter is the mom's secretary. And Mm -hmm. I was like, preaching to the choir. Yeah. I was executive assistant to, Mm -hmm. you know, Lois and Rodney, like, mom, this is this, dad, he broke this. You might want to go and get another, you know. Right. My sister
0: moved out when I was eight. Um, and She was 13 to go live with our grandparents because of this kind of thing they were like, oh, you're, you're the next female. You know, we had Mm -hmm. a a grandmother figure that lived with us when she passed away. They were like, okay, all those responsibilities are now on you, which was basically all domestic duties. So then they became my responsibility of eight. And so for a long time, I was really angry with my sister that that got dumped on me. But then, you know, around 13, 14, I was like, yeah, I would have moved out too. Yes. I mean, I
1: got told repeatedly that, you know, I am not the mom. I am not the grown up. I'm not the adult, like stay being a kid. And I just remember like being so angry and resentful. And now I'm like, um, can I go back? Because cleaning my room and cleaning the bathroom is not that big of a deal. Like, I can do that. I just don't want to pay bills or go to parent-teacher conferences. I I paid bills when I was
0: a kid. My, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, I actually found that my twenties were my childhood and it was an interesting way to do it because I had a little bit more maturity. So I didn't do as much stupid.
1: Yes. And there was no social media. So,
0: well, no, but I mean, I just was like, well, I don't want to be having sex with people because then I might have a baby. You know, like I'm not ready to have a baby, you know what I mean, no. so I was just smarter than yes. you know, like a sixteen year old might be because I'd yes. already done adult, already knew what bills were like, so when I moved out, it was actually easier for me,
1: yeah, you know i I, I still have like... a playful
0: attitude about life, and I do think a lot of that is yes of you know realizing that you know now is the time,
1: yes. Yes. Um, And it was, I mean, it was hard for me to see then because Mm -hmm. I, like you said, your friend felt abandoned. So like here we are in Arizona with no family, which wasn't true. Like my paternal grandmother was there, my dad, my uncle. So my dad's brother was there, but it was very different because when I left Ohio, that was, that was my life. Like, Mm -hmm never lived anywhere else and to move across the country. And now my dad is not here. I, I was so angry.
0: Was he in Ohio or Arizona where he was? At the Arizona. Okay. Arizona. So you guys could go visit him? Yes. And we and did, what was like that like? Weekend. Was that, was that difficult to go visit him or was it great to see him in person? Um,
1: both. um, so while my dad was at the office, um, I had my oldest child. <laughs> so that was that was always fun. Um, but I was very, always very happy to laugh. My dad is the funniest person I think I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and a lot of the times I'm like, Dad, you can't say that. He goes, You're fine. And I'm like, All You're right. fine.
0: You can take it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're good. You'll be okay.
1: You go to therapy, right? You're good. Yeah. So um, is, are but, your parents
0: still alive, Brie? Oh, yeah. They're in Arizona. Okay. And he's not at the office anymore? He retired?
1: Nope. He was, yeah, he, he did a two-year office visit and then he's like, I'm good. I don't need to work anymore. I'm laughing
0: because I just find this so funny. I'm going to be like, oh, he's at the office. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have to clarify with my children if they later hear this. No, your dad really is at just the office. <laughs> like just the me. actual,
1: the building yeah, They office. don't let you go
0: there for just a day
1: you know no you're you're there <laughs> but it i mean he i think i got a lot of my perspective from my dad because he could all he would say all of these like funny one-liners that like my grandma would say or like his dad or his grandparents and they're all from the south so a lot of it doesn't make sense but it's
0: hilarious oh, I love those i call them crusties you know where they're like you know i you know i had to you know what my dad shares he's like yeah I, it might have come to my boot tops and he was talking about a fart a shart <laughs> i think those are so funny you know and then that is the best. You know, or they'll just be like it's like something licking a, a toadstool you know i can't remember what that is but i think those are so funny like little crusty liners can you think of any right now since i butchered all the ones i shared
1: Um, so living in Arizona, I guess my grandpa used to say, or my great grandfather would say it's hot as pepper pie. And I was Mm -hmm. like, first of all, why would you, you know, it's pepper
0: pie. Yeah. Why would you eat a pepper pie? Like, and it's
1: hot. Like, no, it's too much. Or, um, when we were getting in trouble and if we would have been like, well, if my dad would say, if ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk.
0: And I remember ifs were fish, we'd all be drunk yep fifth. As a, oh, fifths Like
1: a okay. fifth of alcohol. Like if you oh, take fifth. a bottle. Oh,
0: got it. See the girl that doesn't drink. I'm like, what? What is that? Okay, <laughs> if if ifs were fifths, which is a alcohol connotation, we'd all be drunks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
1: we stop saying that real quick. Um, <laughs> we learn to take responsibility.
0: <laughs> oh, see, but see those those crusty lines are great. Teachers of like life and humanity, right? That's why I love them so much. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. they just make it make real. sense. Yes. You know? <laughs> I mean, after that one with my dad, anytime I had a a juicy happening, I'd be worried. <laughs> you know, I'm like, check, check. You know, that's the lesson I learned. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not to be too much, but I've had some pretty severe colon issues and and had to have surgery and stuff for it. And it's a real thing that I was like had a hysterectomy and I'm wearing a pad but a little bit further back you know
1: (laughs) I mean you got to do what you got to do you
0: got to do what you got to do and it's real and you got to like go do the things you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're ready (laughs) and now I want I have the humor of a fifth grader so now I want to tell all these poopy stories (laughs)
1: um so I have a fifth grader and a third grader so you know it's
0: fun okay so you've got the one that's my daughter's age. So graduating from high school now, is that so crazy? Almost. She Almost. is just a junior. Senior. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they were in, um, choir together. Were they any other yes. classes together?
1: Um, no. So my daughter was only there for the last. some not even a full semester, but like the last semester of school. Okay. So, so she got, would,
0: you got your junior and a third and fifth grader. What else? How mm-hmm.
1: many? That- Oh no, that's it. That's three.
0: Okay. That's okay. Funny. Well, I just wanted to know if you were keeping up the birth rates of your parents. Um, oh so, no. No, absolutely not. Or your My or husband, your dad, I should say. They're different yes. mom. You know, are your mom yeah, and dad yeah. is your mom the one he kept? Like that they so, stayed together?
1: They was like they've they've married and divorced twice. Okay. But they don't know what to do without the other one. So I don't know, I always go mom, do you miss your best friend? She goes, he's not my best friend. And I'm like, so yes. yeah. Or Mm -hmm. if my mom goes out of town and my dad's just like, I'm so bored. I'm like, oh, you miss your best friend. He's like, shut up. (laughs) My uh,
0: brother was a a bit of a rebel, kind of like an office line, you know, and very attractive. And so the women really liked him and there'd be this long, there's, you know, serial monogamy, like lots of different ladies. And the one that, that has kept him, she had the best backbone. She she knew around his charm and kind of whipped him into shape where he hadn't whipped himself into shape. And so they're a really good match, you know, because yeah. she's like, yeah, all the other girls fell for that. I'm not. Not doing I it. love you enough to marry you, but I'm not falling for that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so
0: it's a... Uh, it's kind of funny yeah. how the, the sometimes the people who are the most permissive to us, we don't respect them,
1: you know? Well, and she would just, they would, none of the, none of my extra siblings were like born while my parents were together. Like they all happened in like an off season, <laughs> which is <laughs> weird to say, but.
0: Let me tell you, you got your humor from your dad because you got these little, lines and that you you know how you say them with your face and your tone just makes it delightful i mean you, you gotta find you know you gotta find the humor right <laughs> you're like oh you were born Maybe. in an off season yeah
1: yeah i try not to say things like that i said try I'm not always good at it but well
0: i i think that's probably good but yeah that would be pretty mean to be like they meant to have me <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not gonna say I've never said that before, but I did (laughs) repent. So, (laughs) but yeah, it's knowing that my like my family is as close as they are, and um, my my dad is like the greatest coach. Like he can the movie Little Giants. How that team was just not good (laughs) at Mm -hmm. all like my dad can take a group of kids that know nothing and make them champions and I'm always just like what's football
0: in football sports he
1: he did basketball yeah wow so I just appreciated that although um they a lot of the kids were worse off than we were and To be clear, we all lived under the poverty line, but we were a lot closer to it than most people, Mm -hmm. Um, like to being above it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, but that that was cutely said. That's why I'm kind of (laughs) like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I made the
0: comment to my mom that we were poor. So she sent me to go stay with friends in Mexico for a summer so that I could have perspective of what poor was. Wow. You know? So I went to go work as basically a nanny in Mexico for this family there. But, you know, we were poor by American standards, but not by world standards. So that family in Mexico took me to go see the poor areas. Oh. Yeah. So that was a great gift to have at 13. Oh, gosh. You know? Um, I didn't realize
1: I was poor until I moved here. And I called my mom one day and I was like, mom, we were poor. And she laughs and she goes, yeah, we were. And I was like, you never told us that. And she goes, why? You had a roof over your head. You had running water. You had heat, food, clothes. And I was just like, okay, but like.
0: Your mom had a world perspective. Yes. There are people today that don't even have clean water, which why, why is that a thing? Like I do yeah, not understand I've, the things that our government funds and they're like, Oh, it's, you know, for humanitarian stuff. And I'm like, but there are people who don't have clean water and you're focusing on that.
1: Yeah. You know, need I just, a different perspective.
0: <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, they need a different perspective, but I think it's because they got a different agenda. Yes. It's not actually for what they say it is. Of course
1: not. It really is.
0: Let's not get into that poopiness. It's too early.
1: <laughs> it is.
0: Yeah. And uh, just for all of you who don't know, because I think it's funny, I'm in my pajamas, so you know I can't have deep conversations without a bra on. You know, I'm just, <laughs> um, yeah. But um, that's something that always kind of kind of baffled me. But I I knew we were poor because we grew up in a wealthy neighborhood, but our house flooded all the time. So that's why my parents are able to get it for such a good deal, and they were consciously trying to put us in an area that was highly educated, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that was with neighbors. And the the truth, you know, um, though only one of us managed to get a college degree because our parents didn't pay taxes. So we couldn't get the FAFSA and the pale grants we would have been entitled to. um, I have an associates, which, you know, I don't consider a college degree, but we all do have an understanding that there was more than what we had. Mm -hmm. And that was hard and good. Yes. So not knowing you were poor, did you still get that understanding that there was, there was more to strive for? It sounds like you sure did.
1: Yes. So my, I love my parents. They do things and have done things for people that like, as again, growing up, it was just normal, like air quotes normal. But like my dad one year bought all his entire team, his track team, their cleats, and their uniforms. And he paid for the traveling for the most part. And it was all to give wow. the kids an opportunity to develop a skill that could get you to college. Um, wow. And we would buy, um, I'm, I'm a very spoiled child. Um, like I said, I was the oldest, so I, I got a lot of stuff but my parents would buy like little Christmas gifts for um, my brother's friends who mom had a lot of kids and quite often didn't know where they were because Mm -hmm. she was, she didn't care. Um, But um, yeah, we were the hangout house. Like my dad's friends would come to hang out. My friends, my brother's friends, I honestly don't know how they kept food in the house because I distinctly remember over the summer going to bed and my dad's friends were over playing video games, laughing, having a good time and like waking up and hearing them just now leaving. And I'm like, are you kidding? And you wouldn't let me play before I went to bed because you guys were playing like ridiculous. (laughs) But my dad did because he traveled, got to travel a lot. Like he played sports. So he got to go to different places and he knew that there was more um, and he wanted to make sure that we knew that there was more um, than just our little town in Ohio, which I honestly was like, you can't take me from here. Like this is, this is mine. So
0: why did they leave Ohio to Arizona? If they had, cause they had more family there than what came with you to Arizona.
1: Yes. Um, so it's really hard to do football and run track in, in the snow in Ohio. Oh,
0: there is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's that like small, tiny little thing.
0: So he was doing that to help your brothers to be better athletes. And did they both yes. go to college with their with their skills?
1: They yes, they did. Um what, but both of them end up getting hurt. Oh, um, so my brother that's right under me um he tore several things in his shoulder and they repaired it but it's it's never going to be a hundred percent
0: was he able to degree
1: um no he but he is um he's very successful he is a celebrity person that dresses them i i cannot think of the word stylist yes (laughs) that's the word
0: that's because Um, i'm a trained image consultant which is kind of like a stylist
1: oh (laughs) i like that but
0: But i don't i don't keep things in style i focus on fit and color you know so you can like shop goodwill yeah Yeah. yes (laughs) bricking is a thing now so oh i i did it before it was cool just
1: see just... so you're you're an OG like you
0: yeah I'm not a goat like you are you know greatest of all time but I am um I am an OG for sure yeah
1: yeah um and then my brother Eric went to Mexico with my cousin and like a really good family friend and got in an accident and snapped his femur and shattered his patella
0: Okay, oh, I was, uh, um, I was like preparing for you to tell me he was a quadriplegic and I was going to be really sad.
1: Okay. Oh no. They said that he would never walk again. And he went on the following season to play football and basketball on the track. So dang. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay, good. And he's doing well. Yeah. He's in
1: Arizona as well.
0: With so he's okay, but he's really, really kind of hot in the summer.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know why they live there. Yeah.
0: I, I, I've lived in Arizona and I was serving as a missionary for my church. And so the, the joke was, if anyone ever told you to go to hell, which happened often, we could be like, we didn't, we weren't to say this, but we could think it too late. I'm already there.
1: <laughs> oh, I tell people all the time, like, uh, I'm going to live right. Cause I don't want to go to hell because I lived in Arizona and that's close enough.
0: Yeah. so It's hot. I, you can only take off so many clothes mm-hmm. to adjust to the temperature. So if yeah. I have to choose, I prefer a little bit of cold cuz I can always put on big fuzzy socks and another sweater mm-hmm. and a scarf and a hat.
1: And <laughs> when you when you want to jump in a uh, nice cool pool, you jump into bath water. So Right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: it's Pretty gross. <clears throat> it's
0: yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a little crazy how
1: Another perspective, live right and you won't have to go to hell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Church jokes. I love it. Yeah. Which, um, okay. So, perspective here, I'm curious because we have, you know, a different religious faith. We obviously both love Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. To me, in our religious tradition, hell is only for those that would deny Christ. Then there's different levels of like heavenly glory. So, mm-hmm. everybody can have like really cool heavenness, you know, but there's yeah. uh, those who, you know, accept Jesus Christ live in accordance with his law and use the atonement are going to get the, the most happy heaven, but all heaven is awesome. But only those who would know who Jesus Christ is and deny him. Like they have to know it. They can't just be like have said in their life sometime, like, I don't believe in that. Right. Would go to hell. So what's your, um, what's your definition of how does that work? Um,
1: so um you know, you say the prayer of salvation, accept uh, Jesus as your uh, savior, um, get baptized. Right. Uh, same and same process just, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's no like different levels. Like you get there, you get there. Okay. Um,
0: so a little bit, a little bit more of a traditional line there. I just wondered, cause mm-hmm. you don't always get to ask people like, what does that actually mean to you? You know, because yeah. uh, when people, you know, we get little judgment in church. We don't know what people have, what they know in their head. Right. You know, and so that kind of helps me to be like, this person might be doing some things that I could term as really evil, but do they mm-hmm. know, do they know right. that? And only right. if they know that that's evil, would they be going to hell? And God gets to be the judge because, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, Very much against pedophilia. I am not accepting Um, of pedophilia. There, I I don't don't really think
1: people are.
0: Well, there there is a movement to get it to be more accepted and to have it be called maps minor attractive persons. And oh, yeah, and all I have I have several friends that are in the LGBT community, and none of them are pro this. So I don't think it's a you know a gay people thing or whatever. You know LGBTQ that are saying, yes, we should accept this as a sexual orientation, but there is a movement I'm assuming led by pedophiles to get it to be an accepted orientation. And my concern with getting kids to be able to affirm their gender is a movement, moving them closer to being able to give consent. And once they can give consent, then you can have sex with them. And since it's something that I have researched and studied a lot you know, it's the slippery slope to be able to get Mm -hmm. children and I do maturation programs and they're trying to, um, you know, teach children because they're sexual beings. I'm like, no, they're not, no, they're not having been two and a half to 14. That was a very damaging thing that I had to, you know, frankly come to Jesus to, and go through a lot of torment to be able to root out the, the damage that was caused by exposing me to simple as things as pornographic images, let alone sexual acts. Right. And so there's, there's no place for it. But anyway, the reason I brought that up is because, you know, that pedophile that's doing something that's very evil, maybe they had been a victim as well. And then the person right. who perpetrated on them had been a victim. And so where's the line You know, that we as humans, we look at someone's actions and we're like, okay, that's, that's hell qualification, but we don't know the whole story, but we can definitely say with the grace of like, I don't know your story. We still get to say, I condemn your actions.
1: Yes. And that is part of the things like my pastor, um, the church is called the well, so, say like at the well, you're free to kick the tires on faith and this is married
0: woman at the well I love that mm-hmm. who, had, who had a past
1: uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah
0: and do yeah. you watch the chosen
1: um I have it it's on my to do hey, no
0: you need to move it up on your to do list and not because I have been an extra in the chosen
1: <clears throat> um that might you be why. Will- I want to watch
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you will only see me if you're like, okay, right here, right. Okay, good. Right there. You saw me. I mean, I'm not like a featured extra or anything, but I love it. And your church community will love it. And your teen, the teens in your church will love it. It brings the personality of Jesus and the apostles to this really like relatable level. And it's very well done. And they really, you know how that Noah movie came out and there was rock, rock monsters in it. Like what, what they had nothing to even do. With the biblical account. Oh, no, rock. You, you lost me at rock talking rock monsters, you know, like, you know, so yeah. this is actually they are bringing in Jewish scholars and biblical scholars oh, nice. to actually try to depict it as, you know, true to what it would have been. Yeah. And you just love Jesus even more in it.
1: Yes. I mean, and we have theologists that go to our church. So um, it is one of those, like, you're not going to get some. I googled this, and this is what it said: like this is these are people that have like gone to school. Yeah, Google
0: may not be seeking out doctrinal content for you correctly. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah, like they they might not be what you'd want to like set up your theology. Yeah, yeah, I'm sources people sources. Yes, seriously. yeah,
1: but yeah, it's. Um, yeah, just knowing that 10 years ago, we moved up here and me and my husband had about $36 in our bank account. Ooh. Hmm. Uh huh. That was, that lasted us six weeks. What? Um, yeah, I don't. Where you know. were you living with friends? No, we lived in Midvale. Like we on $36.
0: Mm hmm what
1: we after we paid our like deposit and all that we had 30. oh got it
0: okay so you had yeah. rent okay because I'm uh-huh. like you need to teach rent hacks that's going to be needed we gotta <laughs> <do rent.">
1: seriously <laughs> yeah. um but yeah we that's how we lived and when people go like I don't understand how I could have never done that and I'm like uh, it could have been worse mm-hmm. we could have yeah. not had any money we could have we have somewhere to lay our heads. We were safe. We had food. Um, we had gas, and like we're doing okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I when I first uh, moved out, and after I paid my tuition and paid my rent, first and last month, kind of thing, right? Um, and I was mapping out my going to school and how many hours I had to work cleaning houses. I could either pay my tithing, so put God first. Or I could eat. I'd have like, I think I had like $8 a week or something for food. If I paid my tithing and you know what? I paid my tithing Mm -hmm. and loaves and fishes happened. Uh You know, a guy would ask me on a date and feed me. Um, uh, The main thing that happened is one of the ladies I cleaned house for asked me to go through her first food storage and take out every can good that was going to expire within six months. And she wanted me to throw it away. And I said, well, can I have it? Cause I grew up on expired food. Like, you know, it's not bad unless the cans bloated. Right. Oh. And I remember picking weevils out of my food growing up. So, you know, little bugs and things like that. So I knew it wasn't bad. And she was like, sure. You know, and I still think that maybe, she was just giving me my pride, but I had this old Dodge Monaco 1966 car. And I mean, you could almost stretch out at five, nine in the backseat. And I know, cause I lived in my car for a bit and I had, it was overflowing with canned goods. And so underneath my bed in my apartment, you know, my dresser, my nightstand was a canned goods with a, a you know, material over it. You know, I had so many canned goods and, Years, years and years. And so I always had a food storage. And so I could get through on that eight dollars a week or whatever I have. I just buy a big thing of potatoes, a thing of rice, and whatever can good of something went on the top. Yep. You know, I eat a lot better now. Well yeah. Yeah. Like
1: you live and you learn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You live and you learn. (laughs) So you after six weeks of living on thirty-six dollars for a whole six weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. two of you uh four our girls were
0: oh boring. even more mm-hmm. impressive you need to be teaching like budgeting hacks man right there god obviously doing some loaves and fishes for you getting you uh, through. yes that. um is that like the paycheck came through for the job you moved up here for or
1: so my husband worked for um a company here and um we moved like right in the like i think we showed up right after the pay period closed like oh, the next week. yeah so yeah. when he got his first check we were like Phew. okay but now we, what year was this this is 2012 uh-huh. so my middle child was 10 months wait hold on 10 months yeah when we moved here yeah. yeah. Uh, the the grandparents were not happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> but I I my my son keeps talking about how he's gonna go live in different places, and I'm like <laughs> You think so? <laughs> oh, I think he's going to. I think they're gonna go have their adventures, but you know, I'm like, hopefully when they have grandbabies they'll wanna come live near their favorite um, grandpa.
1: <laughs> I am literally, I think. For my mother in law, I think it's almost daily that either me or my husband or one of the kids say, "Well, you wouldn't have to worry about that if you lived up here with us," and she's just like, "All right, I'm done on the phone with you guys." Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's that's funny. So you then the they get the job, and then you guys. I mean, was it a big leap up, or was it still kind of scrambling out of that financial situation?
1: um, It was a a obviously a big leap up because uh we went from having $36 to more than $36 um but, but like $90
0: were, or like a few thousand uh, you know a, a couple hundred you know okay okay enough, so enough to do some like decent grocery shopping
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah we just even now we have friends over every sunday to have dinner and I don't know how <laughs> there are always leftovers. I mean, we're I mean we're doing pretty, we're doing all right. The kids are all right. Um, I'll
0: tell you. I'll tell you what I think it is when we see the abundance and we have the gratitude. There's always extra.
1: Yes, I I agree. My daughter calls me. My oldest calls me Orphan Ann or uh, Miss Hannigan <laughs> because she says you just take all the. Orphans, though, people who are out here with no family. But or, you're nicer
0: to them than miss Hannigan. Oh, absolutely. I feed them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just that. You're not like, go scrub the floor. Glad you've no, enjoyed got dinner. your hands and knees. <laughs> I mean, I could do that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry to give you ideas <laughs> to the guests you have on Sunday.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's just giving what I saw growing up like oh we have this kid and this kid over because their mom is working late and not going to get home until 10 o'clock but they have to have dinner Mm -hmm. or my dad with his friends just hanging out and talking to my dad is very straightforward so sometimes you know Mm-hmm. He says what needs to be said, but maybe he should say it sweeter, but.
0: Well, we all know I... those people that, that lean in. And so, you know, thanks for being a a, a leaner. That doesn't sound yeah. like I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, you know, I but like leaning it. in instead of, there was a situation a few years ago where basically this lady was like, that family's distressed. We shouldn't play with them. And I just about ripped her throat out, oh you know, gosh. cause I was the family that was distressed and people leaned in. And because of that, I have faith in my life. I have a framework of how to live my life Mm -hmm. in a more proactive and faith-filled way that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't had their mentorship. Yeah. You know, I I agree. I married a guy like the neighbor lady that was the main leaner, (laughs) (laughs) the the main person that was there for me. I married a man like her, her husband. You know,
1: that's amazing.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, we need other people. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is you're sharing experiences in a way and in a perspective that somebody who hasn't had those experiences can learn from that. You know, I'm picking up how you had every reason to complain and there has not been, you know, one reference in this whole time you've been talking about you being a victim uh
1: yeah no because you know god will never give he will give you what you can handle and if you cannot handle it he will give you a way to flee well Um, and it
0: says god will not give you more than you're able for them that love the lord mm -hmm. god gives us life excuse me gives us a lot a lot of hard but through god he can make all of it good
1: Yes. But when, I we hear don't, people say, when we don't
0: reach out to God, mm-hmm. he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself. Right. You know, and I think that's an important distinction because, you know, I've had times where I could do 1%. Mm-hmm. And God did the rest. So the glory be to yes. God. Right. But if it yes. had been just on me, like my strength, my handling it. Nope. Nope. Couldn't not have done it. Yeah. Couldn't have done it. You know, it's a a different perspective. That's like one of my, I don't know, my like, uh, like we we quote that scripture so much, but it needs to be, it needs to be quoted with for them that seek God, for them that love God. You know, like
1: there's context to it.
0: There's yeah, absolutely. There's context and just being like, oh, sweet meth addict. God will not give you more than you can handle. And any moment he or she can turn to God. And go, and God right. will and path out. But when you are choosing that addiction over God. That's more than you can handle. And that's why you're in the gutter. Mm-hmm. And that is to be, you know, to have empathy, but also like, come on.
1: Yeah, I know at church, um, we always, he says often, like, you're not meant to walk out life alone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have like table groups or small groups or. You can join the kids' ministry and teach yeah. all those sweet babies, but it's that's what I get to do at church. I am now rotating at, in and out of different, um, what do they call it? like ministry, so I get to do a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And in our church, we're assigned for a period of time a different ministry, you know, a different oh, responsibility. Okay. So I have been in the nursery, the 18 to three year olds for four years, probably going on five years, but I have told them I'm aiming for 10. (laughs) So I just, they're like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, keep me in here. But because I do so many outside of my congregation speeches and things like that, they don't want to put Uh too much on me because my ministry is really you know, so many, Mm -hmm. and I do stuff not only for my church, but other churches, you know, so you want me to come in and give some delight to you guys, you know, but (laughs) I have that talent of speaking, connecting with the youth and the women and stuff like that. So, you know, they know that they don't put too much on me. So I'm not going to be like the leader of the women's group, which is like 20 hours a week job.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: You know, because they know I'm already doing, that's why, you know, what I was doing last night, you know, I was tight. I'm tired. you know?
1: (laughs) You can be tired. It's allowed.
0: Yeah, you know, you you're that much energy till nine p.m. It takes a while to like, you know, to bring it, bring it down to sleepy time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our time is drawing nigh. See how I use some scriptural kind of language. Um, I love it. Yeah. So tell me what's some pearls of wisdom you want to leave leave the audience with.
1: Um. You know, you don't have to do all of this alone. Um, and find people in your life that can give you perspective. Not necessarily, not necessarily saying, "Oh, it could be worse," but pointing out your blessings or what's good. Um, and <laughs> as I've been told, everybody needs to breathe in their life. So
0: <laughs> everybody gotta- breathe. I yes. love that. <laughs> I'm going to write that down for sharing about the <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> I I mean, I've heard it a lot so I'm assuming that that's a good
0: thing. <laughs> um I that's well like I said, you've had a lot of reasons you could have complained about life. And in a time in our life in in our society where people are making judgments about your stories by simply looking at you. Yeah, you know. Um that drives me nuts because that denies the God of, you know, what God has put in us. You know, I am not defined by being a woman, by being heterosexual, by being, you're not defined by, you know, being black by you know, we we're not defined by growing up in poverty and those experiences are not in one group or the other, you know, orientation. Like these are not things that define us being children of God is what defines us.
1: Yes. And I
0: just, um, love, I mean, because this is a podcast, the only reason anyone even knows that you're black is because you said your mom was a strong black woman. Yes. <laughs> right. You weren't coming on here being like, here's a perspective. I'm black and all of you have an easier life. You know, I mean, it's just crazy, right? That this is something right. that we're doing. And it's frankly, I think it's evil because it's a denial of that, of the spirit of God that is within each of us. And it robs yeah. people of their hope and their capacity to affect their life and to use the atonement of Christ. So I'm not for it, you know, and I'm married to a white man, just worked out that way. You know, (laughs) um, my guy had a fiance that was, that was black. And you know, my son, when he found that, he's like, I could have been a better athlete mom. And I was like, no, actually your dad's a better athlete than he was, but like, no, no, that's, 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 um, a positive stereotype that could could have some yeah. you know, A bit I mean, of basis. You know, yeah, you know, but you know, no, that's that would not have been your case, son. And he was <laughs> shorter than your dad. So that would have affected oh, you. Yeah. Really. yeah, in fact I was I was the same height as him. So he was not I'm five nine, you know, and my husband's six, six one or something like that. Anyway, doesn't it's not important. But the point is that I'm making <laughs> Is that we need to be looking at people with God's eyes and love yes. them. And if we catch ourselves being like, "Well, they're this positive or negative by what we see in them," we're just going off of first impressions. And we need to go deeper in our connection with other people. Yeah. And even Absolutely. if you're at the office, even if they're wearing you know grubby clothes, whatever it is, um, we need to give people. The, the we need to be training our sight and refining that over and over and over again to see mm-hmm. others with, with love and empathy and a perspective of what God would have in us, right? Right. You know, thoughts.
1: No, um. Along with that, there's a passage, and it's like, uh, "For I'm fearfully and wonderfully made." And if you remember that when you look at everybody else. Might be less likely to uh, be a
0: jerk. So, <laughs> and a crusty, cute one liner to end. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're most likely to be a jerk. You're adorable, Brie. I'm so glad that we talked at that choir concert and that we've connected. Yes. And um, having your kid graduating is super sad, just so you know, because people yeah. are making plans to go away. So. No, I don't like that.
1: They are. Yeah. Rude.
0: That is rude. You know, what? it's kind of jerky now that I think about it,
1: you yeah, know, I, maybe they should remember.
0: Yeah. Fearfully and you, You've been fearfully made, you know, <laughs> I don't know about the wonderful part. I'm, I'm your mama, you know, like, how yes. could you be leaving me? But yeah, people keep asking me what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I have never been bored. Uh, you know, I just have loved being a mom, but you know, Lita has not been bored, but. Brie, you're wonderful. You are a delightful person. And I thank appreciate you. your spoken and unspoken example in times that we live and keep being the per- the Brie that everybody needs. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for being and listening to this episode of Share Your Hotness with my guest, Bree Ivory.